You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Podcast. My name is James Ian Macmillan. I am your host, and today is Alan Ashcraft sitting next to me to the left. To the left. What's up, Alan? Hello. How's it going? So, for those listening at home, Alan is going to join uh, the the show, as it were, and come help out with uh, co-hosting and being a dude. Isn't that true? It is. Yeah, I'm pumped, dude. Super stoked. Super duper stoked, man. Alan's been on the show twice, yeah, I believe. Two times, and we talked about me coming on a third time. That's right. And then, uh, which you know, we we made that happen, but there's also going to be a fourth and a fifth and a fourth and, and a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So technically, we were uh, true to our word. I yep. feel weird turning to the left like this too. Mm-hmm. That's already going to be a thing. Yeah, same. Like I look at you to see what you're saying. I got to turn to my right, but then I have to turn very militantly straight. Yeah. And break eye contact with you, like I'm. As if I'm lying whenever I talk. In hindsight, you probably should have just stayed over there that on the couch. That would make way more sense, yeah. Maybe after the pee break, we'll move yeah. it or something, yeah. But um, moving forward, when we have our couches, we'll we'll angle them in, or our yeah. chairs, or whatever we yep. do. Yeah, um, just want to let the people know that, you know, the same, same is going to continue, but like I mentioned, Alan is going to come the majority of the time, right, Alan? You're going to be the co-host with me as yeah. much as you possibly can. Alan's got two jobs. He's a busy guy. Yeah. And we'll get to all, everything that Alan does. Um, but he's going to be the partner in crime, and we're going to do this together. And, uh, I mean, what, what do you expect for the show? What, what, do you want, what do you want the vibe to be? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm here to save the show, and I think, uh, <laughs> I think I'm, exactly. I'm doing that already. I, uh, I would agree. I mean, yeah, no, anyone I'm, that comes in here is going to do better than me. Absolutely. Yeah, all, all credit to, uh, to James. Brilliant idea to bring me in. I'm uh, great at... <laughs> Uh, talking about myself and, exactly and all that i think it's going to be it's going to be entertaining and i had a blast the last two times i was here so Good. it just kind of makes sense to to do it this way absolutely yeah and i, I think um it's important to you know we're, we're gonna always be the nucleus of the show as it were the core of the show is going to be a music-based show right yeah we're yeah. music guys we both grew up playing in bands he works for a label i work running a music management company we're both going to be doing that. We'll interview bands and producers and it, just like we always have. But we're going to continue to be a general entertainment podcast. We want this to be accessible to everybody. You know, y- your parents should be able to listen. To everyone should be able yeah. to digest what we're doing here. Yeah, to where there's, you know, there's a loose path of, of music. If you're into mm-hmm. music or if you have any interest or involvement in the industry, then this will be cool. But um, I want it to still be entertaining and if, if you hate music if you're one of those few people or if uh you know nothing about the the industry it's still we'll talk about other interesting things yeah exactly a lot always pop culture stuff movies and tv shows and things that inspire us in general 
Yeah, because I mean, I work at a label, but I also don't go home afterwards and Google <laughs> yeah, music, exactly. no. you know, and just read about music and Wikipedia music. God no, it's not. It's not all I do. So. It's the last thing you'd want to do. Yeah. No, a lot of fart jokes, a lot of dick jokes, yeah. and um, it's going to be mostly that, and that's what we've been doing anyway, just with Alan aboard. Yep. Now we're going to do it X10. X10. Do it pro style. That is correct. Um, for the listeners who maybe haven't heard the couple episodes that you've been on, mm-hmm. maybe give a quick, you know, what, what, what are you doing currently for, for a job? Um, how are you involved in music and ready, set, go. Yeah. So the beginning is, is pretty, um, pretty standard. I feel like it, I was in a band, um, played drums and, and a few, and then one kind of took off. We got signed, did that whole thing. But like many, we were, um, Super broke, but we wanted all the the cool shit ah, that yes. non broke bands had. Broke. We wanted cool merch and all that, and um, we didn't have the money for it, nor did we know where to go. So I was like, I'll do it. And uh, I never really considered myself an artist, but uh, that was mostly because I can't draw. And then uh, <laughs> I, I, which I find hilarious. Yeah, I came across Photoshop, and I was like, okay, there's a way that I can cheat and create a career out of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I've just been doing that for a while, and that kind of. That led to other bands seeing my band stuff and, and freelance kind of taking off. And then eventually um, Rise Records uh, brought me in as a graphic designer. And I uh, was able to kind of merge art and music, which was a thing that I'd always fantasized about. But I assumed I'd have to move to L.A. or New York. Or, right. You know, and I'm, I'm not doing that. So uh, Clearly not. Yeah. So I was there. I was at Rise maybe eight months or something just as a graphic designer. And, and then I got moved up to uh, art director and... I think all in all, I've been there. July was uh, four years. So, uh, you know, and then on top of that, just still freelancing and just kind of just doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so Alan, the freelance thing is really impressive. You know, to just yeah. just so people know, it's not, he's not just a free, like, uh, you know, like a freelance graphic design dude on the side. He's right. working with, like, major bands, Seven Dust, fucking like david bowie stuff yeah, dude yeah david Bowie. well i mean david i think in the bowie. last the last couple of weeks it was uh it was Crazy. avril avril lavigne muse what the fuck? kelly clarkson what and uh never Allison heard of chains come on yeah Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Honestly, like it, it sounds. Queens of the Stone Age, right here. Yeah. Well, and what? also just to be clear, like I, one of the first things I tell people is Queens of the Stone Age is not texting me personally. Of you know, of course. And they're not like, hey, dude, you're the shit. No, they have no idea who I am. But uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, there's merchandisers and stuff that are in between. Yeah. Me and the band, and uh, you know, and I, I do what I can. I get a lot more things rejected than approved. Um, but that's just that's the name of the game. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. It's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, it's it's fun. I I honestly I enjoy the shit out of it. It gets annoying. You deal with uh, a lot of like micromanaging people, people that shouldn't really ever give any artistic opinion, and they they will have them in spades. And you just kind of have to. You really got to master that whole like, oh yeah, cool idea, and then don't, and then you don't do it. Like cool idea, <laughs> but I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, and doing you just kind of do you do something better, and and uh, I've been blown away at my success with uh, being told to do one thing, and then. I turn in something that's different but better, and they're like, "Yeah, cool, approved." Like very few people even have the ego to be like, "That's not what I said." You know, they they'll look at it and be like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. I forgot you're you're the designer, right. not me." So that is fucking funny. Yeah. So would you say that a lot of that design stuff um, came? I, I mean, not to, the 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 access to some of these bigger artists and some of the bigger teams. That was that 
because you were at Rise and some of those connections naturally fell. You know, from honestly, that tree I, or? I, you would think so, but I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, I've had a couple things. Uh, I want to say in the last few months. I had a situation like that where I was potentially, and this is especially heartbreaking just because this is one of the few things that, because um, I've gotten kind of jaded as, as a designer. You know, six years ago, uh, a manager or, or somebody could tell me, oh, that design you did, it's going to be in Hot Topic. Right. And I'd do a backflip. Now I'm just like, okay. Cool. Like, Sounds good. Yeah, just because it's your, your it's level natural. of- It's natural. We all do that. Absolutely. It's yeah. with anything. And the thing is, if you, don't, if you aren't that way, <laughs> that's a problem. It's a problem. Because it means that you're never really looking to- to grow as an yes. artist or yes so it's it's awesome and if a, a younger designer you know tells me that or, or posts you know i'm a part of some some uh, design communities on facebook or you know uh, different websites and stuff and mm-hmm. a younger designer will post that and i say congrats because for them that is a huge huge deal yeah and i remember the first few times that happened to me it's awesome but uh one of uh, one of the managers uh that that uh, some of the guys at rise talked to he manages tenacious d and they were they were looking for something, and so um, uh, someone at Rise came to me and was like, "Do you think you could do this?" And I'm like, "I know I could do that. I would love to do that." And uh, it just didn't happen. And that's you know, with bigger bands, sometimes tours get canceled or shows, you know, get canceled or changed or rescheduled, and yeah. shit just doesn't happen. It wasn't like it wasn't a personal thing, but I was definitely pumped for that. Um, but that was one of the few times that Rise kind of my position at Rise rather uh, was going to bring something to me in that in that way but it's typically just it's two it's two different hustles it's two different sides of my brain it's right i i get to rise i knock out the insane amount of work yeah yep that we have and then i go home at night and it's it's time to crank out whatever has kind of fallen into my inbox during the day okay that's awesome yeah man i'm super excited to have you come you know join the the team as it were on the podcast because you know you you've worked with a lot of people and i think that we can we can invite a bunch of cool people to be on the show because of that. You know, there's there's yeah. bands, and I would love to talk to the dudes at Rise. You know, we can really bring some rad guests here now. Definitely. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a I've got a list in my head already of of some people that I would love to get in here. So. Oh, and the other thing is, Alan and I are going nuts about uh, designing redesigning the studio that we record out of. We're gonna make this room look really good. You know, yeah. video ready, picture ready. We need to. It looks like we're squatting here. Right yeah, it looks now. like we're squatting. It looks like this isn't our spot, and no. we're just like the the actual. And before that, it looked like a fifteen. It looked like my bedroom in high school. Yeah, hundred percent. It was like James. Yep. This is James's room in high school. That's not what we want. I, I'm into it though because I think that you know I, I know that I I'm going to be pumped about the idea of earning it. You know, I didn't. It would have hell yeah. It would have been awesome if you invited me, and then I get here and it's. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of like mar- marble, you know, floors. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, there's don't like touch five thousand dollar paintings no. on the wall and shit. Yeah, that'd be great, but then I'd be like, eh, this is not mine. Yeah, I don't. I shouldn't really be here. I'm just kind of well. And dude, that's you know, I that's really important to me that this is something that you feel invested in as well. Yeah, you it know, comes. Like, it comes, and I mean, you'll, you'll understand this too. It comes from you know being in bands when you're younger and stuff. That's really I never understood at the time how entrepreneurial that was cuz yeah. you're you're taking something from fucking nothing. You have to create content which is the music, then you have to brand it, you have to market it. You got to do all the and and I didn't realize that that was, you know, when I was younger, I would tell somebody I was in a band and they're like, "Oh cool, so then you also do coke and you uh text underage girls." And like it right. was a dirty thing to do. Like you weren't 
you weren't awesome for being in a band. You were like a gross, like rocker guy. Yeah. But uh, really, it was the best. It was the best education. I was skipping school all those, all those years to have band practice and get this kind of this skill. And and now it's I'm at a point where I can come into this studio and be like, all right, we need to just like a band, we need to rebuild it. Yes. Let's start moving some things yes. around. Let's make it look better. Let's make it sound better. Alan literally showed up first day of the show. He shows up with a new like sofa. Yep. <laughs> and he's got another one coming. I'm all about the upgrade. Dude, yeah, and you know, we're we're fucking I'm I'm so excited, man. This really is like I just put out the 50th episode a while back, like a week and a half ago, yeah. whatever it was. And that that's been a good run. It's been a good year of doing some really fun episodes. You know, Neil and Andrew, you know, I I always love those dudes. Yeah. And Andrew will probably come hang out with us. I mean, he texted me the other day. He'd love to come on the what we call Dudes Night In. We're just yeah. us. Like we're that would tonight. be badass. Yeah. So he'll 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 come hang out every once in a while for those who have been asking. Um, you know, and Neil, same thing with Neil. It's just like any of the podcasts that we love. Some of the podcasts Alan and I love are the Fighter and the Kid, Joe Rogan podcast, Your Mom's House podcast. Um, what else? Oh Jesus. Uh, for me, congratulations with Chris D'Elia. Yeah, so I was just going to say D'Elia, and I wasn't sure if... Uh, that might be my number one right now. By the way, this is, like, huge for me. This is one of the big reasons I reached out to you, because I yeah. know we share a lot of the same interest in podcasting. Yeah. We're also... I love to... Before we started recording, James was kind of showing me, like, how to do things, and I was understanding it, and he was explaining it like the drummers that we are. Yes. <laughs> we're just like it's pointing, a, almost like that Zoolander scene where they're just like punching yes. the computers and shit. Dude, I, I just I heard a lot of words. I heard the word chord a couple times. Yeah. Power maybe. Yeah. Other than that, I got nothing. I, yeah. There's I'll, no way you'd be able to just do it now. Yeah. Yeah. You have to no, put the mic in front of my face and say talk into this thing. I know. I'm the same way. I mean, it's my. Fr- you heard Stefan and Austin laugh at laugh at me last week. Yeah. I couldn't describe what a what was like a headphone splitter. I'm probably still not saying it right. Yeah. I I don't know anything. I blocked it out, too. I I couldn't. I was of no use. Of no use. Yeah. Yeah. For for the longest time, I would, like, try to, you know, uh, Nate in in the band I used to play in the Days and Nights, he would leave the room. I would get the guitar on because that's how we always wrote riffs. When he'd go pee, I'd put the guitar on. I would start playing riffs, and he'd play drums. So, like, Oh, you guys would switch. The first record... Over half of those riffs were things I came up with and then made it sound better by giving it to a real guitar player. See, that's a huge step above me, though, because I I still, to this day, I would love to be able to play guitar. You can. I think I would be the shit at it. You can in the days and nights. (laughs) (laughs) I love those kind of riffs. Those are the funnest riffs to drum to as well. Well, again, it's a drummer drummer playing guitar. Damn. Anyway, what I was going to say about that is I I would try, like, the only thing I could do is if he had everything dialed in and I could just pick up the guitar and turn on the volume knob, Mm -hmm. but if it was anything past that, I couldn't do a fucking thing. Yeah. If it was, like, the chain of all the pedals and shit, like, dude, and he'd just sit back with his arms folded and laugh, like, what is wrong with you, James? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's I a different barely language. barely turn the lights on. It's a different language. It's it like is. If I tried to learn Mandarin, like, I could do it eventually, but right. I, I have to ask myself, how much time That's am I willing it. to invest into this? Is well, and our instrument was p- fucking hitting things as hard as we can with wooden sticks. It doesn't yeah. get more primitive. It, yeah, I have to admit, drums are just, it's a way easier sell. <laughs> it's it really instant is. gratification. Yeah, with guitar, it's just, 
okay, here's how you string it, and that's that always looks uh, like a fucking nightmare. I know. And then here's you know what you do here. It's, it's expensive and... and shit. Or there's drums, dude. Grab this wood and yeah. beat the shit out of these things and just. Oh, do you it don't have a drum set? Good. Oh, do you have a pillow? Do you have some yeah. cooking spoons? Yeah. Turn them upside down. Yeah. That's what I did as a kid. But then, then all you got to do is say, uh, the first one, guitar. Girls will love that. Yeah. Drums, it's going to be a lot of burly dudes. Tons that, of burly dudes. That, that's going to be your fan base. Yeah. I'll never forget, uh, we were in... So true. Across the Sun was in Houston, and I, uh, whatever band was playing before us, the drummer threw the stick out into the audience, and some just total babe grabbed it, and she was like super excited, and then later I saw them at the merch table, and he was signing it for her, and she was giving him you know, these eyes of like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang out later. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do that. So then I throw the stick out, and some <laughs> like... Essentially, he looked like a fat wizard. He grabs it and just follows me around for the rest of the night. Like that was my that was my punishment for trying <laughs> to score a chick in some way. He was just like, "Bro, how do you do double kick so fast?" Like, God I'm like, damn it! Leave me the fuck alone. Get away, smelly fat guy. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. But that's when I learned. Like, it's, so it's also me being in a metal band. Metal bands are not. Oh yeah, the days and nights was like just dude city. Yep, riff dudes. Yeah, you got to be in Maroon Five if you want the ladies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, did I ever tell you the first drum set that I put air quotes over drum set that, yeah. I, that I had? Ever tell you about this? No, I don't think so. So, when I was really young, my my parent, like really young, like eight, like a kid, my parents would pick up on the fact that I I love drumming. I was just always hitting things, and mm-hmm. and so like you know I did what every young drummer did. I hit pots and pans, yeah, like literal pots and pans, and then I would step up to Tupperware, and I had like my mom's big salad. Tupperware bowl. Oh, yeah. That would yeah. be Those like my floor awesome. tom. Mm-hmm. Destroyed that. I broke everything she had. C- cooking spoons, the whole nine yards. And my dad, he works as a structural inspector. And so he, part of that job is to test concrete. And so you test the concrete with these plastic cylinders. By the way, that's my day job if I've never told right, you. That's yep. what I do. And so part of you take these plastic cylinders, you fill a certain amount with concrete, and then you test those in a lab, right? And so he took these cylinder molds and cut them in different sizes. And so that was like my first drum. So I was like nine, or 10, something like that. Damn. And it was like the sweetest thing he ever did. And so we set that up in my drum set. We had like little stands for him and everything. Jeez. And so once he saw that like I would do that, then he went and bought me my fr- first drum set. That is sick. I bought a, a Max, M-A-X-X. It's not even a brand anymore, I don't think, for That's 500 insane. I was going to ask you what your first – yeah, I never heard of yeah. that. Yeah, of course you haven't. I mean, who has? Mine was Let's a – see if uh, still a thing. Mine was a Thomas Wingstar. Oh, that's a nice first yeah. kit, dude. Yeah, which I didn't know. At the time, like, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then later on, I got different kits, and I was like, man, my first one was – because that wasn't even the, – the kit above Thomas Wingstar was uh, Thomas Rockstar. Yeah. And I, it wasn't even – That's what played. Yeah, and so I was just like, man – so I worst. see used Max kits on Guitar Center here. There is a used Max SP drum kit for eighty dollars. That is legit. <laughs> and that is like that's a proper yeah, kit. That's dude. a five piece. That's or a five piece kit, bro. Mine was all white. I had one symbol. So real quick, Google if if that's what a Max drums and that's used. You said yeah. Just Google just a first act drum kit. That's the shittiest kit I can think of first right now. First act drums. Oh yeah, those are like terrible. So is that about the same price right there, brand new? Um, I feel like that first one said seventy-five. This one? Yeah, if that's even first act. My eyes are terrible. I cannot see that. Yeah, we got to get you a lappy toppy. Yeah, seventy-four ninety-nine. There you go. Oh my! So that's like 
kid. Yeah, that is that's barely barely not a toy. Yeah. How old were you on in, in this era? I was 14. My story with how I started is the most Allen thing ever. I essentially I got mad at my mom over I can't even tell you what it was. I think she told me to stop playing Tekken. I was playing like Tekken 3 or something. <laughs> She's like, "I've told you for 3 days to do the dishes, go do it." And I was sure. like, I was like, "No, mom, frick you." And I just left. And uh, I remember I got all the way down to the the uh, railroad tracks which were maybe 200 yards away. And then I was like, "Dude, this being homeless thing sucks. I'm going home." Yeah. So I go we back home and she uh, you know, naturally she locked the door. So she's like, no, you're going to run away. You're going to stay outside see, for a yeah. while. And so I, I just knocked on the door forever. I was like, I will literally never, I will die knocking on this right, door. Like, right. if you think your ego is bigger than mine. And I'm, you know, this just pissed off 14-year-old. And then just regular knocking started getting boring. So I did what, at the time, I had no idea were uh, polyrhythms. I just started doing paradiddles and <laughs> all this wild shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my stepdad is this, uh, just this insane, like, butt rocker. He's just in a ton of like he loves like Ingve Malmsteen and Joe Satriani he's just like Prague yeah, yeah. he loves Dream Theater yeah, yeah. He, but then he also loves uh, Jesus Quiet Riot and Dawkin and Slaughter and Fuck yeah. Rainbow and I because of him I can name 600 80s bands nice but uh, he looks at my mom and he just goes we gotta get that kid a kit <laughs> that's fucking and bad. she was like I'm not gonna reward him with a drug right. cause he's annoying the shit out of us after he decided to run away yeah. And uh, a week later, I had a kit, and uh, that's dope. Just played the shit out of it. I listened to Thanks Slipknot to was like that. my first big band. It was for me. It was like Slipknot, Metallica, Pantera, Tool, and uh, yeah. I would just listen to that shit and try to copy it, and fail, and get pissed, and throw the drumsticks, and and all that. But uh, yeah, so that's how you started. Yeah, it's H- been, how old are you now? Uh, th- just turned thirty-two in October. Okay, I thought you were thirty-two for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm 35, so we're we're close-ish. At mm-hmm. least we're in the same same era. Yeah, 30s is all the same in the 30s. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like when, because I remember thinking you were like way younger than me, back in the day. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, you weren't. I mean, but bef- that's just how that goes. Before my beard, I mean, I already like right now I get carded constantly. But before my beard, not only did they think I was 14, they thought maybe I was a woman too. Like. <laughs> A lot of people are like, I got a really young face. I have a young slash alternate gender face. Like, I look like a 14-year-old lesbian. <laughs> Non-binary. Yeah, so luckily this uh, the, the beard helps out a little bit. Now people That's think good. I'm maybe 22. 22. Yeah. But, I think uh, you look a solid 30. That's 28. Cool. I'm waiting. 28 to 30, I'd say. Yeah, um, well, on my dad's side of the family, we I swear to God, there's a little bit of vampire in there. Where we just, I mean, he's, I think he's 60, maybe just a few years before that. And uh, he, I had a friend knock on uh, my dad's door once, and I wasn't there. And my dad answered, and my friend told me later he thought my dad was me, but I had just woken up from a nap. <laughs> so he said my dad just looked like a tired version of me. Meanwhile, my dad is, you know, 30 years older than right, I am. Right, right, of course. It's good genes, though. I'm not complaining. Where's, where's your dad? Mm. Is, he, is he around? Yeah, yeah, he's in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Nice. Yep, doing his thing. He works for... Uh, what is it? What is it called? Something super important. It's uh, the it's FBI. For, it's for the government. I mean, close. It's uh, Homeland Security. That's oh, what really? It is. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. That's way cool. But it, what's weird is like it's Homeland Security, but wish I could say that he also. It's weird. Like the umbrella term is Homeland Security, which is badass. But then at the same time, and he'd be the first to tell you this, he's he just inspects uh, like railroad lines. Right. So, uh, of all of the facets of Homeland Security, it's like the least uh, least cool, s- least sensitive. Does he carry a gun? 
I that I don't know. I want to say no, but uh, he has his license. Like he's got yeah, yeah. he's got several guns. Like I, I love guns, man. Yeah, people dude. know that about me. Yep, they're dope. Well, uh, a hard turn into something else, dude. I I as people know, I love playing YouTube crap on here and talking about things in the world. Have you heard about the Punk Rock NBA YouTube channel? Um, I hadn't until oh, you, I think that's right. I texted you texted, you texted it to me. Yeah, the yeah. dude is a uh, he's he's a great speaker. Oh, he's rad. Yeah. And I, I emailed him the other day to see if he'd be on the show. So if you're listening, I want you on the show. Yeah, he'd he'd be perfect. Email him back. I didn't go on a like a YouTube rabbit hole like I should have. I just yeah. watched whatever the first dude, video that popped dope. up was. It's dope. Is that like uh, the first one? Because you reminded he was saying, "How did Slipknot get so big?" That's mm. one of the videos he, he did. See, I would have clicked on that shit so hard if I would have seen it a few days ago. Dude, he does like you know. It's I mean, it's a YouTube channel, so it's kind of all over the place. And it's some some are more like a podcast where he's just kind of talking and he'll like get his laptop open and you know like culture and music bands that should have been bigger. Um, what killed genre? Like, what killed skate punk? What killed post hardcore? What killed deathcore? And then the the one that I love is how do they get so big? And yeah. he'll he'll break down like Green Day. How do they get so big? Big Slipknot, Fallout Boy, A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon. And uh, you know he's like he's probably my age. He looks a, maybe a little bit older. I want to say right right around my era. I would say, um, but he's like an old hardcore dude. You know, so he's got yeah. like the flat rimmed hat and, you know, he's like snap case and like refuse. And yeah, although like I love that kind of music. So I was instantly kind of attracted to that vibe. Um, but anyway, I figured I'd bring it up and maybe we could play a few clips here. He's he's fucking cool, like really, really informative. And I think for like the how do they get so big ones that he does, they're, they're a little bit more polished and like heavily edited. Right. But the other ones are just super relaxed and he's just kind of talking more my vibe. Um, so there's, and there's it is really them. fucking hard to be a sick metal band. Here. They're playing in the middle of the day. And it is really fucking hard to be a sick metal band when you're playing at lunchtime in a parking lot, right? But they did it. They brought that absolutely savage live show every day. He's from Washington, What's too. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenzie. Oh, that's right. This yeah. is Punk Rock uh, And welcome back to episode Snow number four. Yeah, he said something like that. They got yeah. big series in which I reverse engineer how important bands got big. Today's episode is about one and of the most important metal bands of the last 20 years, Slipknot. I actually met Clown once. Side it's really cool because he, he, like, there's so many things on here that I had never thought of. Like, I didn't know that. So for people who don't know, Slipknot is the nine-piece metal band, and they wear masks, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't say success, right? Right. Like that doesn't tell me that they're going to be huge arena, billboard charting, major label band. Well, and the, yeah, and they were like they're from what? a time where you could get signed having never toured, and I believe never played a show together something and they you know when they released that album i think maybe it was more of an ep but mate feed kill repeat was their first uh their first release and they i mean but their first record they spent forty thousand dollars on is that the self-titled yeah yeah and he talks about that he's like who does that i mean that's such dedication it's it's yeah it was just a different time it's it's some shit that you just wouldn't see it was also you know it wasn't pre-internet but but it's not early but i have to push it because it's not just the time like these guys were really calculated in how they did it yeah or that i totally believe as well they were i mean not only did they the time for sure totally yeah and they had it was they were a bit of a uh 
you know, they just, they were kind of a monstrosity. I think people, yeah. people were just, it was peculiar and was they wanted insane. to, yeah. I, I mean, I was attracted to it. I remember Me too. the first I got record that, was fucking dope. That self-titled record. I literally got that. I was such a poser when I bought it because I was, it was a uh, seventh grade and our field trip. This is how poor my school district was. The field trip was we get to go to the mall. So we went to the we went to the Vancouver Mall, and uh, my mom gave me twenty bucks because that's almost how much CDs were back then. Right, right, right. And uh, and I was like, all right, what do I want here? And there was this girl I really liked. She was next to me, so I had to pretend like I knew everything about every album that was in front of me. I was like, oh yeah, that new Slipknot album. I've been really excited about these guys, and yeah. I just purchased it knowing nothing about it. And then uh, it ended up being, you know, a huge, huge album for me. I think it just hit. Uh, how many how many years old is that album now? It just hit something insane. Like maybe, um, it couldn't have. It's got. I mean, it's like late nineties or something, right? Or yeah. is it early two thousand? I almost said twenty five years. I don't think that's what it is. Not. Um. So self titled on the right. No, those are songs. There you go. Yeah, that's smart. Discography. Discography. 1999. Dang. Self titled Slipknot. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it was. So is that twenty years then? Yeah, it's uh, yep, nineteen years. So or almost twenty, yeah. So nuts. Yeah, I mean, just crazy. Like, yeah, so crazy. And, and that, then that, that cover that, was shot in front of a uh, Sean number six, the clown, shot in front of his garage. Yeah, and so he talks about clown number one, how he was like such a huge architect for the band's success. Okay, that makes sense. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like he was so dedicated to the look and like. So wait, I, Clown One, which because number I think he says that number one, one is Joey Jordison, which is the drummer. Um, oh, I, I bet not. I bet it's number six, Sean, who because I he does a shitload for the band. Then it's Clown Six. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's because so when they say six, that's just number six in the yep, band, right? Yeah, yeah. They yes, it is six. You're right. It's this guy. So it goes. Yep, you're right. So like one is Joey, two was Paul, who is now deceased, the bass player. Yep. Uh. Three was Chris Chris Fenn, Chris Fien, who is the the long nosed dude. Okay. And then uh yeah, and then just goes on from there. But right. But yeah, six, uh Sean Sean Crahan or Cron, uh he I from what I understand, he was a, a huge he was huge with like huge. he would decide like when their masks would change. Yes. He was big on like the creative direction of that. Like the, the details were so nuts, like the pace in which they walked out on stage, the way they tied their shoelaces. That's so funny. You know, the level of detail. And it's funny because he goes over, he's like, you know, and, and it sounds like, you know, because you've seen shitty bands do this stuff and it doesn't work for them. You're like, God, the delusions of grandeur are so crazy. Mm-hmm. They're sitting here talking about how they sh- tie their fucking shoelaces. Yeah, They're yeah. clearly never going to make it. But for Slipknot, there is, not only did they, they concentrate on the brand, the image, their dedication to what they're doing, but the music was so unique and so like legitimate and you know and real, whether you like him or not. I'm actually not even the biggest fan of Slipknot, but that right. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about this guy in his shows. He he makes that really clear. He's like, this isn't a channel about what I like. Right. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. And like you were talking about earlier, that a lot of people don't realize that you are an entrepreneur if you're in a band. Yeah. Or if you're in the music industry really at all. And he's similar to you. He's a design guy. Right. I think. I'm pretty sure he's like a market. He comes from a I'm marketing I'm almost positive. World. The video I saw, he was talking about designing for Nike. And yeah, yeah. He's designed marketing world or something like some that. Shit. What I loved was he uh, he talked about like designing for hardcore bands, but also he did some stuff for Febreze yes, and exactly, Swiffer. Exactly. And I was like, that is a portfolio. And that's dope because like he points that out. Like, you know, you are 
you know, if you get into punk rock to, if you like, if you think the people who make bands or make money, I can't talk people who make money in bands are selling out. Yeah. Then, and that's somehow not punk rock anymore. It's like, no, the whole point of punk rock is to do this shit by yourself. Yeah. To do it with no, to, to answer to nobody. You're starting your own thing. Yeah. That's also something you just legit can't even give like, any credence to. Cause there's nobody on the face of all. the planet that's bawling out of control that points at somebody else and goes, you've sold out. I know. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't su- exist. Successful people are not, they're too busy succeeding to yep. run around. It's typically, it's a it's a bitter dude. I've been that bitter dude before. It's like, that band sucks. They're fucked. But it's just because really mine sucked. Yeah, you suck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you want what they have. And that's also just like, I mean, the only the only thing, selling out only means that you're doing something against what you believe in. Yeah. Your morals, your moral compass. If you've changed that North Star, yeah, for for money or for something else, then yeah, you sold out. Yeah, and and what band when they first start out isn't focused on getting huge? Getting huge. That's, that's the fucking. That's point. kind of the goal, and then you finally get there, and somebody's like, "You've diverted." What? No, I haven't. This was this was Plan One from the very. And beginning. it doesn't belong to you. It's the band's music. Yeah. All good bands write music for themselves. It's a selfish thing. Yeah, it's just it's so not much for you. It's so much easier just to not listen to the band and go listen to something else than it is yes. to freak out and, and. I know. You know. Well, it's like a lot of you know freedom of speech arguments these days like people like if you don't like something on a, a stand-up comedian special or you don't like a thing on netflix or whatever it is change the fucking channel watch something else yeah it's not for you then yeah recreational outrage it's it's, it's, it's a insane. real thing it becomes people's hobby yeah and it really like validates their pathetic life yeah yeah absolutely it's terrible it's the weirdest thing i'll never i'll never understand it either will i i really won't and it's like and we come from a world where the whole point is to do to do what you want on your own terms. Yeah. You know, and, and how could you possibly fault someone for doing that? And just because it offends you specifically, like that has nothing that's your problem. It's not yeah. their problem. Absolutely. Be better. Be my, less sensitive. My other favorite thing on. about this guy in the video that, that you uh well, I don't think you sent me a video, but you you know, you know, told me about him, and then I just watched whatever the top video on his page was. He has two hate breed tattoos. Oh, really? That's incredible. That is incredible. That is, that's got to be devotion. If he doesn't personally know Jamie Josta, then I, I don't know. I don't know what's up. That's he insane. Also, he started the URM Academy. Do you know what that is? Yeah, he kind of, he described it in the video that I saw. They, uh, like Chris Crumman is right there. He's on the Oh, that's nuts. Our boy, Mixing Dance Gavin Ants. I know that guy. To rise where you work at. Yep. Um, yeah, so like URM Academy, I think they do more like uh, like uh, teaching, educational type stuff, I think. And they also have a podcast. You know, like this one is, how to use stereo widener plug-in. So it's kind of dorky engineer stuff. Right. But they also do a podcast, and he's been on that, I think, a few times. That's legit. One time I hit my drums as hard as I could when I was tracking with Chris Crummett, and then at the end of the uh, at the end of the cut, he just goes, uh, "Come on, dude, you can hit harder." Yeah. And the whole time I was tracking, I was like, "I'm hitting as I'm hard as I can." I know. And then we stopped, and he goes, "You can do better than that." Like not even, <laughs> not even like motivating. No not even sympathy. like, "Come on, dude." I, he's like, "Bro, come on." Do you have to come, understand the world that we grew up like Stefan, Chris, and I, and and the dudes in Hillsboro? We were so hard on each other. Yeah, yeah. So mean to each other. Oh, I mean, it's important. Stefan and Josh Timmon, I used to be in a band called Tabana way back in the day, and they used to write, "Hit." And I'm gonna say a bad word, so everyone plug your baby <laughs> ears. They'd say, 
hit harder, faggot, yeah. on every one of my drums. Oh, I believe it. So yeah. that was back in the day when the old F word was just thrown around. Yeah, whenever I'd ease. be playing drums at home, my mom would say the same thing to me. She would look, she would look right in the den and just say that to me. You're like, Mom, that's yeah. super intense, I'm Mom. Like, what are you doing? I'm hitting as hard as I can, Mom. It's like, hit harder, faggot. Yep. <laughs> Alan, my son. God, it, she did it in a loving way, though. Yeah, but it worked, right? Because then you it hit did. harder. I do. I, you're not an F word. I hit as hard as I think I can. I don't know. Crummit disagrees, but that's okay. He gets Boy, some of the best takes out of first me. First episode with us, and I'm just coming out swinging with the hard F words. That's this how it's going to be. Yeah, that is what, you know what? You're fucking right. That's what it's going to be. Everyone can fucking deal with We're it. letting people know right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. If you're not into it. Get. Hit yep. the fucking road, dickbag. So yeah, check out that YouTube account. Highly recommend it. It is educational. Is that the next thing we're going to talk about, what I just saw, the Jim, Jim Acosta thing? We can. We can go right into current events, bro. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's I've do been, it. I've been watching. So my, my new thing, I just, for a lot of people that, that are listening probably don't know this, but I just bought a house, and uh, it's a very adult thing to do. So naturally, a part of, of buying that house is every morning I force myself to watch CNN because I feel like Ooh. that's the next step As in being a fake adult. Yeah. Yes. You buy a house, and then you force yourself to watch CNN every morning. So this Jim Acosta thing has just been on like crazy, and uh, it's crazy. And now there's uh, CNN's gonna sue President Trump, and it's just, you know, dude, it, it's nuts. It, the it's, whole thing is bananas. It's a little played out to say, but I mean, it's just so true that we just we live in a simulation. Everything yes. feels. It doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. I heard. Oh, uh, Delia was talking. Chris Delia was talking about it earlier today. That. Um, Oh, don't even say what I think. The rapper. Yes, dude. So that's What's one of my name? show notes. Akon. Akon. Akon's running for president. Is it well, really? Akon might run for president in 2020. I mean, what uh, the hell's happening? So good. Well, I mean, at this point, it's like we got this this orange asshole. You know, he's, he's such a douche. He's able to do whatever he wants. So I, I feel like it's not weird for Kanye or Akon to be no, like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm the next. Floodgates. Yeah. The Rock is going to run. Fucking Oprah is going to run. Yeah. It's getting to the point where people are like, "We need Oprah to run." When, I know. when have you ever heard people say that? I know. But then when you when you have Trump in there, it's just like, okay, legit. I'll take Oprah. Anybody's I'll take the better. Rock. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because like you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and I just dropped my phone. Stand by. How, you know, like in back in the day, and you hear people say this all the time in in Trump's defense that, well, it's refreshing that he's not a politician. You hear <laughs> right. that all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, and there was, there is some validity to that. There is some truth to that. Like, it is kind of nice to have someone that's not a Clinton, a Kennedy, a Bush, uh, you know, like this. Oh, yeah. I understand family. the concept for sure. Of yeah. course. But in reality, you, what other fucking job do you want someone that's not qualified, that's yeah. unexperienced? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get your job as the head of design at a label if you've never designed a goddamn thing. Right. Well, it's like, it's like, like what getting are we talking me, about? It's like getting me to play for the Lakers and then fans go, it's just, it's nice to have somebody that's not a basketball it's just player. Not a basketball player. It's really nice. You know, he's in just, there. He knows yeah. a lot about Photoshop. He has yet to make a point, but it's right. just, it's nice to have somebody that knows nothing about the sport. He just says it like it is. Yeah. It's, like, it's the what? weirdest thing. I mean, huh? but I, I get it. People are going to, you know, they're they going to justify, change. they're going to justify their agenda. And it's, yeah. And there's literally you know, nothing he can do at this point to, you know, people that follow him will never not follow him. Right. You could find out that he murders kittens every night, and yeah. people are just be like, yeah, cool. I, I knew that. Yeah. Sounds right. You hear a lot of people now, too, they, they say that, uh, I remember Dave Chappelle making this point, and, and I've heard it from a few other people, that maybe we needed one of, if not the worst Republican ever, to, to get that position 
so that it encourages people to vote because mm-hmm. it's kind of like this is your punishment. This mm-hmm. is this is what this is what's going to happen. And it will kind of also create this this position where it's now because I guess it's it's gone back and forth from Republican to Democrat in terms of presidency, and so now this will solidify that we absolutely will have a Democrat next time. But, Maybe, but I worry that it because uh, that's a great point. There's there's a lot there's a lot to it. I understand the the logic with it, but I also worry that it just sets this precedent of like, see, we can have like weirdos in there I too, know. and maybe it just goes the other way. It that's gets the even thing. Weirder. Me and you, we were talking about it off uh, mic the other day. Like we're pretty much pretty centered politically guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we we probably both would objectively be considered more liberal. I would imagine, right? right? Yeah, yeah. To most people, and you know, like I'm pro-choice and i'm pro-gamer whatever right yeah um but like i also am completely worried about the far left the far left are out of their fucking minds right now yeah so i mean that that is a huge concern for me too someone that is like way big on federal government and more government like that's dude i you know like i really am a punk rock punk rock kid and i I believe in those ethics of like less is more like let me live my life you live your life as long as we're not killing each other. Well, I, th- I feel like anytime the word so, far anyway. or extreme is there, it just means it, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's just, it's, you want to be a little more moderate than that, I guess. I, I, but, you know, yeah, some people, no, and it, and you're right. It's team spirit. Too. I think balance, balance is the key to a lot of things. And, and when you're, you know, when you're far left or far right, it, you know, it's, I think more bad than good will come of it. But I'm also like, I'm the first one to say that I'm politically, I am not. I'm not as aware as I as I should be. Yeah. I don't even well, really. Well, you're busy running your, your life. Yeah. That yeah, I mean, sure. and that's the thing. It's like Trump being in office is it's a macro thing, right? Like it does yeah. matter who's in office. Of course it matters, but it doesn't change your. It's not going to make you work harder. It's not going to make you work less harder. It's not going to make your job happen or not happen. It's not going to make you get better grades. It's not going to make you be a better drummer. It's not going to make your marriage work or not work. That is on you. Everything is on you. Yeah. This is your time to shine, baby. Yeah, so true. You know, like self-reliance and self-responsibility is huge for me. Oh, absolutely. It means everything. Yeah, 100%. Do what you say you're going to do. Be And the other, it's like, that's that's super liberating. Yeah. That's really liberating to know that you're in control. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. If, if I, that's a good if there's thing. a situation, if I have a discord with somebody, I was just telling somebody this the other day. I, I love taking accountability for that. Like if, the, if I have an issue with somebody, I like to make it my fault because I feel like I'm more in control of changing my shit than somebody else's. Right. So it's just so much easier to be like, you know what? I was a dick yesterday. My bad. I got this and that going on. Uh, you know, I'm going to do I'm going to do better in the future. I'm going to change this thing or, yeah. you know, open up communication and just make it about you. One, because like I said, I have more control that way. And two, it's just you're not going to get people being very receptive if you're like, hey, listen, we had that argument yesterday. So maybe, you know, think about not being such a dick. And, you know, there yeah. no one's going to go, yeah, no. you're right. Yeah. And people don't want to hear, well, that's because it's so-and-so's fault or that's yeah, yeah. or it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Jocko Willink is? Mm-mm. I'm surprised you don't, because he's kind of oh, in that. Circle. Yes, I do. He's a like kind of a built dude. Navy SEAL dude. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He wrote a book called Extreme Ownership, and I highly recommend that book. It That's sick. changed, not changed my life, but it was a huge inspiration for me. Yeah. I highly recommend that book, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it is a book, a, an analysis of responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and he, you know, he has a unique, 
background where he was a Navy SEAL, like I mentioned, many tours to war all around the world. And and then when he gets out of the military, he starts a, a consulting firm with another fellow Navy SEAL dude. And they consult businesses and people like teams or whatever um, about leadership and like how to fix this company's problems. And it's always the same message. It doesn't matter if it's war, a podcast, a band, a business. It's always, it's not that it's always your fault. It's that like if, like with the podcast, like if something doesn't go wrong, that was, it's all on me. Like mm-hmm. if I didn't keep, if someone's, um, say they, they didn't be, bring the microphone that I thought they're going to bring or something yeah. stupid, right? That's my fault for not getting on the horn and saying, Hey, we need you to bring this thing. Yeah. Or at your job, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to make things happen around your world. Yes, yeah, it's also just a more efficient way to live too because yes. once again, you can control your actions so much easier than you can somebody else's. That's and right. You don't know what they're going through That's and, right. and, and all that. So. Yeah, and he goes to like really intense examples of that. Like yeah, people caught... dying in war and stuff and he'll yeah. say like that was my fault. Yep. Really yeah. intense. And that and that's heavy too. I can't imagine can't imagine yeah. holding on to that. Because he's like leading men into battle, you know? And like yeah. It's uh, it's really intense stuff, but it, it translates to so many things that we're doing. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that a lot too. Hey, Gary V, that's right, you're a Gary V guy. Yep. And this is meant to be. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, back to the Acosta thing. Uh, Jim Acosta is a CNN reporter, right? Mm-hmm. He was at the White House press event or whatever it was. I don't remember what the fuck it was. And it was he was a- asking very challenging questions to Trump. Trump didn't like him. He's kind of being a brat about it. And, you know, I'm like, just to be clear, Trump, as usual, doesn't handle anything well. He's a fucking, you know, uh, we all know. He's a 15-year-old. He's a 15-year-old. But Jim Acosta is like, he thought that it was his turn to talk, and he kept talking over the president of the United States. Whether you like Trump or not, there is some sort of, like, you know, be somewhat cordial in this event. yeah. And so, eventually, Trump just gets more and more angry with him, upset. And he like starts insulting him. <laughs> You're a bad person, and like, See, that's it, it's the thing. crazy. Trump it's, brings this on himself because he's he's clearly an insecure dude. Most insecure people get extreme in one way or another. That's why yeah. with Trump, everything's always tremendous or perfect, yes. or it's the worst thing he's the ever worst seen. Thing ever, the, yeah. the fact that he can't live in the middle anywhere is the that's the biggest sign of insecurity. And I think a lot of people like Jim Acosta they they smell that on him. And they realize you're so easy to stand up to. Yeah. All I got to do is just kind of hold my position a little bit. You're such an insecure dude. Yeah. Uh, and so he does that. And to your point, yeah. you know, maybe not the best thing to do, but he wants to get his questions out. And he's probably got some boss breathing down his neck that's like, yeah. I want you to get some some actual answers out of Trump. Yeah, CNN, I mean, again, I'm centered guy. CNN isn't like the trusted news for me. Right. But either is Fox. And they're all they, – they all have – been very clear about what side they're on yeah it's hard to know what is the trusted news now i know it's 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 you yeah <laughs> it's you and your own filter and you have yeah, to go true. out and, and find the truth but uh yeah and jim costa he does have a history of doing this like if you i've because i kind of went on like a, a deep rabbit hole with some of his stuff and he does that a lot like every time he's in because it's like monday through friday they go to the white house press room and they ask questions and he's always the one guy that's talking over people. He always uh, expects that he gets a follow-up question when mm-hmm. no one else does. So it is kind of he's he's very pushy that way. But the point is, he, the way that the president 
handled it is so fucking bonkers. Yeah. It's the whole thing is so crazy. It and really is. So he ended up kicking him out. They took his his pass away, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? And they then took they, his... Yeah, and then they eventually uh just said all of CNN can't be at the White House. And I think Oh, that, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that's what the lawsuit is is over. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, let's let's play this video see if we can get uh, an idea in, of what's in going midterms, on. That here, this, here we go. That well, if let's you don't go, mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, caravan was not an invasion. It's a it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling me that. And why, why did you why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants so in this election no, to try I to want keep them? I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process, and I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. You're you know, hold on. Why does he look the way that he looks? I don't know. I, I was just thinking about it. that too. What, why is he tanning every day? What's it with could, his eyes here? It could be a tactic so that when he's saying things to you, you're just looking at his weird-ass face and hair. Yeah. And then you're not – by yeah. the time he's done talking, you're just like, I'm just going to say okay because I wasn't listening at all. It's a valid theory. Yeah. And a, All right. Let's keep going. Wait, your campaign. wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Yeah. Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. Right. They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of you know miles what? away. That, that's not an invasion. Should, honestly, it's not an invasion. You know miles away. That, that's not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. It's an insane right. thing to say to well, a journalist. Let me ask you. If I may ask one other question. Mr. President, I was going to ask one of the other folks. That's enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Excuse me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other question. If I may ask on the Russia investigation, are you concerned that that you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried oh about God. indictments coming down in this investigation? <laughs> Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working rude, for CNN. Rude, terrible person. He's a terrible person. I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee. He's supposed to be a leader. Yeah. Like, again, Jim Acosta was being kind of annoying. That's right. fine. But you can imagine whether you like Obama or not, he was a statesman. Yeah. Right? You can imagine the same exact scenario and how that would have been handled. Yeah, it's true. And I miss it. Yeah, he was. Miss Obama it. was just smooth. Smooth, man. He would have. He would have let that roll off. He would yeah. have just handled it. He would have like made a joke. He and could tolerate would, more. He tolerate. But you know, then you know. you're going to hear people though. To to what we're saying, a lot of people are going to say like, "Is that the the job of the president to tolerate things?" And and then that's where you get in this weird gray area. Because yeah. no, I guess not. But guess not. It. I mean, at the same time though. Uh, it Trump is his is job just, to ask questions from the press, though. Right. I mean, this is just going to continue. He's not a to be, dictator. He's not a king. Is, it's going to continue to be fodder for, uh, you know, laughing at Trump and considering no, him. No. He. I mean, he's going to go down as the the worst president we've ever had, or at the, the very problem least, is though the we, least respect. We live in a bubble, Alan. Yeah, true. That you is go, true. Too. Go into some like right, more conservative, right wing, like podcasts or like a guy that I check in every once in a while, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with nearly half of the things this guy's talking about. Mm -hmm. But he's eloquent, and he's at least like— Yeah, I love Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I mean, the reason—there's a reason he's so popular, right? Yeah. And, my, you know, his his outlook on this is a little bit different than ours. Yeah, he would I'll say, tell you why that is, though. It's because he, he does what I wish everybody would do, which he does focus on just the politics of Trump, which 
if you can do that, that's awesome. It's just so hard. Like as you and I are watching this, we look at like his weird ass face and his I know and his hair and we get personal and this weird like index finger pointing thing that he does is very effeminate. Super weird. And just his overall insecurity, like once again as a non political dude, those are the things that I'm gonna pick up on. And it's just you know, Trump being in the White House is just a it's a different season of like. uh, basketball wives yeah. or Real, or rock yeah. of love or it's yeah, the same yeah. thing for me which is it's a reality show it's a little dark he's a reality star it's a reality show yeah for sure but i mean i think that ben shapiro will actually because he he wouldn't disagree with any of that he would yeah. be like yeah he's a strange looking dude and like yeah. the the grab him by the pussy thing that's he's pretty, not a moral guy pretty deplorable and but then he'll say in terms of his uh, the things that he's done as the president like different laws or different you know whatever the initiatives yeah, his, his presidency is that of a conservative president right. so far yeah which has actually been very surprising to a lot of people yeah because he he comes across as a populist and he is mm-hmm. i mean that's the thing he is yeah that's yeah. the crazy thing about trump he, he's never been a historically conservative guy yeah he's buddies with hillary clinton he was like a liberal new yorker guy for right. years yeah he, he was he, so he he played the part that needed to be played he's a very smart guy he gets the deal done in any room he's in and right now he's in the room of the white house so he plays the part of like, well, what's the antithesis of what's been happening? The let's be as like, you know, prodding and far right conservative as I can. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's it's a it's a character he's playing. A hundred percent, yeah. But uh, anyway, let's keep playing. Be is horrible, and the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, Go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. in Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a this diligent is the best reporter. Right well, I'm not like a big fan of, of yours either. So <laughs> Jesus. He had that shit so in his pocket. If I can. I'm not a big you fan of yours you either. Are, you aren't the best. <laughs> Mr. President, you it's repeatedly... Insane. Over the course okay, of... Okay, just sit down, please. Just sit down. Well, when you, when you report fake news... No. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead, the Mr. President. The enemy of the people. Yep. Yeah. That's so intense. And the thing is, like, I don't know, whatever. It's just so many people believe it. Yeah. They're like, he's right. Because, I mean, the the thing about Trump and what makes him so genius in a way, if you can say that, is that he is right. That's what's scary. Right. Is yeah, that and CNN does embellish. They do have a motive. They are out for Trump. Mm-hmm. That's how they make money, right? It's, yeah. That is a tactic, but they're not the enemy of the people. Yeah, that like is for sure. Take it down that's like seven heavy. notches. Yeah, it's super heavy. Very heavy. Yeah, and uh, I I just get the vibe that Trump. Look at his face. He just wishes no one was there. Yeah. He by the way, this is like one of very few press things that he actually does where he answers questions. He almost oh, never does it now. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Sarah Huckabee does it all for him. Yeah, he's getting skewered every time. Yeah, he's the only president that doesn't do that. He, he probably showed up to this shit super defensive, and that's I, why this Jim Acosta shit happened. I think Ben Shapiro mentioned it, that he his only, like, he's doing the bare minimum and maybe even less than the legal amount that a president's supposed to do, because yeah. they have an obligation to, to answer questions from the people, which right, is the yeah. press. And, uh, you know, like Obama would do it all the time, and, and Clinton loved mm-hmm. it. He loved like getting yeah. battles with journalists. They it's all love doing it, but Trump just avoids it as much as he can. Yeah, he's not into it. No, he just gets it's super personal for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a weird time, dude. I know. Weird fucking time. All right, let's see what else I had saved here. Alan Ashcraft, uh, president. Okay. Oh, dude, the California fires. Yep. Good fucking god, man. 
So crazy. Oh my god, so it's gone to 59 lives. I wrote down yeah. 44 in my notes. Yeah, that's the last thing I heard was 44. Oh my god. Yeah, it's... Uh, Deadliest fire in California history. He was doing like... Uh, I can't. I think what I heard was a, a football field uh, every three seconds. Yeah, I heard an acre a second at one point. Because I, I think a lot Not of us, anymore. at least for me, I always assumed like, you know, the, the fires are, are devastating and they, they tear apart people's homes and property and that sucks, but... yeah. You know, how does it really consume a life? Because you can outrun it. I guess this mm-hmm. one, you legit can't outrun no. it. Think about how terrifying That's a concept be. I never really thought about. You can't yes. outrun the fire. No, no, you cannot. Let's That's see if just there's volume the here. scariest thing Take I can think of. Round an air campaign against the most devastating collection of wildfires in California's history. In California's Two history. Two of the dude. largest yeah. blazes, the Woolsey Fire outside Los Angeles in the south, and up north, the campfire outside Sacramento. Across California, at least 50 people now Look, confirmed dude, looks like dead. The world. Thousands of structures burned to ashes. <sighs> a handful of cities still evacuated. It all began last Thursday in the northern California in town November, of Paradise. In November, by the way. Michelle yeah. Simmons we are approaching Christmas Daniel, time, bro. Filming their desperate escape from the inferno. Oh, my God. We are stuck in it. See the video of the lady rescuing all the horses? In the back seat of the car, four young children. One has asthma. Just breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathe. Put your shirt over your mouth, you guys, and breathe. Take a little breath. A little breath. The couple describing their harrowing journey to my colleague Will Carr. Oh my gosh. I think the worst part for me personally was seeing the community, seeing everybody panicking. Just watch the trees, babe. There's a woman on the side of the road running with her baby. I just replay the image over and over. She was barefooted. She was just trying to get to a police officer's vehicle um, just so they can escape. As people frantically try to drive away, the intense heat begins popping car tires. Jesus. Oh my God. It's popping their tires. There's it's explosions everywhere. Look oh at that. God. See, this people is why. Look, that is that is the craziest. People, they're just listening. The We're watching a video of people just stuck in traffic. There's fire on both sides. On side it road, looks like they're literally in hell. Yeah. Family calm. Oh my god. Ah! What a it's nightmare. Okay, you guys. It's okay. Just keep going. Keep going, baby. Keep going. God. Oh my god. Can you imagine being a parent? No, I know. Two kids in the back. And I know. You, you got to look back oh there. Oh like it's okay. Oh Your car is consumed with fire, yeah. and you're like, "We're good, guys." We're good. Just keep watching Toy Story. Fuck, dude. We through hell, but they made it. We're, we're lucky. There's so, so many, many other people, people who, who went through worse. Yeah. Today, this is what remains of Michelle and Daniel's home. Jesus they say Christ. Their family, more than 50 people, are all safe. It's that fine line between just being so incredibly grateful to be alive and just so, so sad because that was our life. <laughs> First responders in their town are now faced with a grim search and recovery, finding bodies in what it's used so to be so crazy. Every time I'm in California, I think of this stuff. A town once yeah. home to 27,000 like, residents. It's simply too dry. It's so dry and brown down there. Yeah. You know, and you look around, and you're just like, no one move. Yeah, <laughs> this everyone's just about to fucking set fire. A lot of people have been evacuated, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's insane. I couldn't find the video, but. I don't remember who someone posted on Instagram, like a an actor or someone, and it was a video of a lady going to back into Malibu where all the fires were. She was she was safe, and then she went back into the fire to rescue a bunch of horses, like at a stable or something. 
And the video is crazy because it's almost like, you know, the tunnel that goes from the suburbs into downtown Portland right. in yeah. 26, which mm-hmm. is like all of a sudden you're in the city. Yeah. That's kind of how this tunnel is into Malibu. Like you're on the, the 101 and it's just kind of open coast and the, the beach is to the left and you go through this tunnel and then it's Malibu. But for the tunnel, it's just like a wall of fire. As soon as you get out of the tunnel, you are in hell. That's just nuts. a raging inferno. And as soon as she comes out of the tunnel, she is just like it's the most like sad, genuine, like human motion. She's just sobbing and just like praying that the horses will be okay. Like, please don't let the horses die. Please, please, please. And it turns out she did rescue all the horses, but that whole entire ranch burned down. It's just a fucking wild video, man. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's an easy thing to kind of forget about too. All the animals that end up getting displaced, so or, many, or killed. Dude, that area of California has a bunch of, like I said, stables, a lot of ranches. People think that Malibu is just like leisurely celebrity area. Right. There's a lot of that for sure. Yeah. But there's also it's kind of rural. Like it's really quiet. There's a lot of open space up there. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Totally that's... nuts. That's dark. Yeah, it makes it hard to complain about all the rain we get here. I know. You know, which I'm still going to do for oh, sure. Clearly. The what, next time we get rain, I'm going to be like, it's just so wet. That's out here. what Portlanders do, bro. Yep. As soon as it's raining, we're like, I oh, wish it were hot. And then as yeah. soon as it's like above 70, <laughs> yeah. we're complaining about that. People in California are lucky. There's fire everywhere. It's nice and With toasty. Villa? Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. Well, you know, Godspeed all the people over there. Yeah, for sure. I heard Brendan Shaw point out that. You know, if there's any silver lining, at least it happened in Malibu, where the average income is pretty high. Yeah. Not that that makes it easier. And I, I hate right. when people do that. Like, what do they have to complain about? Yeah. Rich white people. I understand the logistics of that, though. But like, yeah, it, it there is some reality to that. It didn't yeah. happen in Compton. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you hear about the Pete Davidson thing? Oh, it's my favorite Fiasco. thing ever. It's crazy. Like, listen. His, I get it, like, you know, the guy was in war, so, like, I guess he's not, you're not allowed to make fun of him. But for what it's worth, the jokes that Pete Davidson made were hilarious. So let's set that up for people who don't know. What right. what, what happened? So he, uh, I don't even have the dude's name. Like, I very much just kind of cruised, uh, was it Dan Crenshaw? Yeah. So he, uh, he's got an eye patch, and uh, he... He was in. He was in war. And, he was a Navy uh, SEAL. Yeah, yeah. He's a bad it, motherfucker. Yep, seems like a rad guy. And Pete Davidson, among other things, just said that he looks like the bad guy in every porno ever. And he did. And he one hundred percent does. Yes. Like you can't, you can't gel your hair and have an eye patch. Sorry. And think people aren't going to say that. That's right. Uh, but to to Dan's credit, he he took it really well really and, well yeah like but not to interrupt you but that's exactly what we were talking about earlier people being so sensitive yeah these are the prime example of how to handle that he almost he handled it on like a drake level like drake oh is God. kind of the, the mastermind of like people talking shit and he just goes okay and he just like keeps walking and, and yeah. making millions he's like and, do i think he shouldn't have done it yeah but right. i what did he say he goes i try really hard not to offend people in, in my life but i try even harder not to be offended right yeah, i loved is, that that's huge yeah huge that's absolutely huge, and uh, this this thing they have queued up uh, was was awesome too. They they brought Dan onto SNL and and they wrote like a cool cool yeah. little like sketch, a cool back and forth between he and Pete, and it was super great. entertaining. Okay, so weekend update: Pete Davidson apologizes to Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw on SNL. Well, last week Pete Davidson did a feature here on Weekend Update that caused some controversy. Here to set the record straight is Pete Davidson. <laughs> He's fucking funny too, man. He is. 
Maybe not wear so many pink hoodies, though. Yeah. And what I'm sure was a huge shock for people who know me, I made a poor choice last week. <laughs> um, I, uh, you get away with anything when you're funny. No, I did. Yeah. Uh, I, made a, I made a joke about Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. Dan? Dan Crenshaw. And on behalf of the show and myself, uh, I apologize. Uh, my poor mom. You imagine being my mom? You imagine being my mom? That must suck. Can you imagine being Pete Davidson's mom? It can't be easy when everyone's mad at your son and roommate. <laughs> uh, he nails the self-deprecating no, thing. Oh, uh, from the so bottom of my heart, it was a poor choice of words. Uh, the man is Perfect. a war hero, and he deserves all the respect in the world. And if any good came of this, maybe it was that for one day, the left and the right finally came together to agree on something. That I'm a dick. <laughs> you think? <laughs> So he's a congressman-elect as well. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Dave Crenshaw, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for making a Republican look good. Oh, you gotta stop saying that, man. <laughs> You've been saying it all day. <laughs> Please. Look, I just wanted to say, uh, for people that don't know, uh, the reason you're wearing an eye patch right now is that you lost your eye to an IED in Afghanistan during your third combat tour. And uh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate you saying that. So we good? We're good. Apology accepted. Just keep breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my phone's ringing. That's Ariana Grande, right? Yeah. You're going to answer that? Pete's ex-fiance. No, I'm just going to let it ring, because that's rude to answer. Let's just Which let it we all knew now. that wasn't going to work. No. <laughs> he gave it his best shot, though. Sure did. He's got oh, a net worth of 500K, <laughs> and the ring he got her was 100K. Ugh. That's right. Yeah. The fucking Last week, uh, I made a joke about a picture of you, and I feel like uh, it would only be fair if you got me back and made fun of a picture of me. Does that sound okay? I, I don't really need to do that. No, come on. I, I deserve it. All right, I'll do Please. one. Please? All right. <laughs> and now, first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. <laughs> Not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on. Well, one more. This is. All right. All right. He looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, that's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, hold on. No, this, this is fun. This is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus Three. <laughs> By the way, one of these people was actually good on SNL. That's uh, Mr. Frost oh, or something. Right. Yeah. Why do I know that? Okay, but seriously, there's a lot of lessons to learn here. Not just that the left and right can still agree on some things, but also this, Americans can forgive one another. We can remember what brings us together as a country and still see the good in each other. This is Veterans Day weekend, which means that it's a good time for every American to connect with a veteran. I'm fascinated by his, his eye patch because it jams into his cheek you to meat. Say something else. Yeah, so hard, so hard. Is it a forget. material that when you say it's never a forget to cloth. a veteran, yeah, you are like implying that as an American, yeah. you are in it with them. Not separated by some imaginary barrier between civilians and veterans, but connected together as grateful fellow Americans. who will never forget the sacrifices made by veterans past and present. And never forget Pretty those we lost on 9-11. For sure, Heroes yeah. like Pete's father. So I'll just say, Pete, You know, Pete's never dad forget. died in 9-11. And that is for both of us. That's fucking dope. See, why can't there be more of that? 
Like people just get so fucking bent out of shape and they want people's jobs and like hang them, cut true. his balls off, yeah. take his job away. Like Bill Burr says, you always got to pull up the podium where you apologize and yeah. try to save your own job. Yeah. Yeah, man, people want blood. That's just the, the best way to handle it. I mean, Pete Davidson lucked out that this guy was so cool about it as yeah, well. Yeah, true. But even if not, I think he's smart enough to be able to roll that off. Because Pete, he didn't like come out and just be like, I am so sorry, and did a huge you know, public announcement. He like just kind of was quiet for a while and then did yeah. this. Well, I think the lesson is that if you're going to make fun of people, just make sure that you have a dad that died in 9-11 <laughs> so that no shit. your shit is always worse than somebody else's. Oh, that's so oh did I call you a bad true. guy from every porno ever? I lost my father. Yeah, my dad died 9-11. When I was a teenager. Yeah, exactly. So maybe get, maybe get over that. Yeah, sorry, I called you a name. Insane. Very insane in the membrane. Um, moving on, I assume everyone heard that Stan Lee passed away. Rest in peace. I legitimately thought he had been dead for years. Did you? I mean, that was that was literally oh my first reaction. He was old as fuck, wasn't he? How old was he? Ninety-five, I think. Is that right? Yeah, ninety-five. Holy shit! Yeah, so nuts. Dude, he was born in nineteen twenty-two. That doesn't seem right. It's crazy. So when when was the TV invented? Because if he was born before there was even a TV and then went on to have a career where his shit was on TV all the time and, like, in some cases, ruled TV. 1927. So, wait, what'd you say for him? 1920? 1922 was when he was born. Wow. He was born prior to the television and, like you said, went on to be a huge influence in, yeah, like, television and movie pop culture. Yeah. That is so crazy. For those who don't know, Stan Lee is the guy that uh, started Marvel Comics. Marvel, right? Um, someone's yep. gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, and he always put himself in his own movies, and he always had yeah. like like a funny cameo or something. He was great, man. Great. I'm not the biggest comic book guy, so it's, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But me I, neither. Yeah. His his impact is understood. Yeah, you gotta. I get it. He he was a gangster of that world. You gotta respect it. Who's your favorite superhero? Jeez. Uh, when I was a kid, it was Spider Man. Okay, um, that's a that's that, a Stanley invention. Yep, easily my favorite uh, Saturday morning cartoon was that Spider-Man series. I don't know though. Um, it's tough, dude. When you're 32, that's kind of yeah, something that you're you, a grown man. Yeah, you let go of that. Sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I always consider Hugh Hefner kind of a superhero. Yeah. So okay. that's my vote. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, also dead. He's also dead. Mine is Batman for sure. Yeah, that's a solid one. I like one. Batman. I like that. I think Batman is he the only one that's not actually a superhero? Like he doesn't actually have yeah. any powers. Yeah, he's just a billionaire. He's just a rich ass dude that is kind of dark, fucks a bunch of hoes. Yeah, he's he's the Donald Trump of of comic books. Yeah, he's <laughs> a he's a bad mofo. But yeah, talking about comic books when you're in your thirties is a little tough. It is. It's, it's super tough. I mean, if you you know. I know some people that, that collect them yeah. and they got some some dope ones, some rare ones. Yeah. And people are I love into it, that. Man. I mean, if you can get into the hustle of it, that's that's rad. I don't have the sure. money to do that. But but yeah, to uh to be like legit into them. But at the same time, like I also I love when people can hold on to something that, that brings like a little bit of their childhood for them. Like sure. that's the world can get kind of dark and if if scoping on some some comic books like helps you feel like some semblance of what you felt like when you were young and not worrying about shit ever. Mm-hmm. That's cool too. Um, other news. Did you hear about the teacher that fought 
that gets into like a full on fist fight. I legit with a just watched this. I love it. Like I honestly, I laugh my ass off because you it's can see the moment crazy, where dude. the teacher's like, "Yo, fuck everything." Yeah, he's just like, he's like, I, fuck I don't my give teaching fuck about my degree. Job. Fu- yeah. yeah, it's all gone. I, I'm flushing it down the toilet right now. And then here the kid, now. the whole time the kid's pushing him, he's like, "You won't do shit because you can't legally do shit." So I'm gonna keep pushing you. And then the teacher's like, "Yeah, watch this." And you see the kid go, "Check this out." Fuck. I know there's like a small part of me that understands. Yeah. It's clearly not okay, but I get it. Oh, I got a 14-year-old brother, and sometimes I want to do this shit to him. So I can't now now imagine that he's not even my brother. I don't love him. Like, he's for sure getting suplexed. Yeah, watch. He's like, fuck you. He even walks away at one point. The teacher walks away kind of like, let's let's call it. Walks away. Oh, my God. He just turned his back. He's like, we're done. This punk ass kids calling him out from yep. the whole class. Looks like a band teacher. Yeah. Yeah, band teachers are crazy, man. Mr. Dunlop at Century High School. He was out of his goddamn mind. Oh, because they're barely teachers and they know it. They know it. And they get paid dog shit. Yep. And it's loud every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their job is to listen to kids suck ass at music. Oh, man. Me and Chris Crumbert were such assholes in jazz band. We would, like, steal things. We would ditch class every day. Oh, yeah. That's the class to ditch. We would take the snare drum and then run to, like, the, the auditorium and start making noise. And you have to come find us. Oh, God. Hey, be longer like, video. This kid. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, so right here. Oh! Tries to sneak him. Why is it video? I mean, he straight up hits this kid. He is just Terminator walking towards the kid. Yes. Because it gets to the point where some of the kids are like, oh, damn, yeah. But then it gets to the point where like, oh, shit, maybe we should stop this. It's a grown man being up a child. Dude, it's kind of gratifying. Yeah, it's insane. You know, because nobody got, like, seriously hurt. Sure. That's the tough thing, too. He's like, still talking shit. The kid's still talking shit. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got a lot of... He's got a lot of classmates to kind of keep his, his cred up to. So what happened to the, the guy? Oh, I didn't even look that up. The teacher. It's tough, though, being in the teacher's position because it's like you either swing on him, you knock him out in one punch, as you should, and you go to prison, or you're that teacher that couldn't knock out a 14-year-old. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I don't know which one's worse, really. Because he, yes. I mean, he swung on that kid. He connected multiple times. You better put him down. Or you're going to get some shit in that teacher's lounge. Can't say anything. Oh, so he was arrested, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's assault of a minor. That's <laughs> gonna happen. Yes. It's in California, obviously. Yep. Dang. Students who use a racial slur. Martian Riley, 64. God, he was 64. That means he's like towards the end of his career. Yeah. Released November 3rd. After posting $50,000 bail, according to reports. Blah, blah, blah. I want to know what happens to him. There's a GoFundMe page for who? GoFund GoFundMe page has been created by the teacher's supporters to raise money for his legal fees. <laughs> that teacher has supporters. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, a lot of supporters, I'm sure. Which like, is what nuts. happened to that teacher that was negative? He I got know. he got annoyed and then assaulted assaulted that student. a child. And there's a gang of adults that are like, bro, yeah, we're behind you. That makes sense. <laughs> That's Trump crazy. 2020. 
Wow. Hey, let's uh, let's take our ceremonial piss break, and then we'll come back and do a couple other things. And then I get out of here. I like it. Does that work? Yep. All right, we'll be right back. Everyone, go pee break. Go. You guys, it's probably two seconds. For us, it was ten minutes. It's true. This is how time works. <laughs> so technology works. Hey, Alan. Yep. I have a movie pick of the week. Oh, nice. This week, I... scratch that. I have two movies this oh, week, okay. and I just remembered the second one. But this is the main one. We'll say this is this is the main one. The other one is my B pick. What sub sub pick? For this week, I am going to pick Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, the story about the band Queen. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. It looks so sick. The casting is on point for Freddie yes, Mercury. really on point. Here's what I'll say about the movie. It is exactly what I thought it would be. The I, I thought it would be a little vanilla, mm-hmm. and it is. Yeah. It's a little... Um, a little Disney-fied, I guess. Okay, like it's yeah. not It's not as hard core as it could have been. Um, so, you know, it's a little cheesy at moments. It's definitely, but it's not a documentary, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think people fucking, they get that confused when it comes to biopics or movies about people that are real in real life or whatever. Like this isn't, they're not supposed to get everything correct that happened in the timeline of this band's history. Yeah. You're supposed to convey the energy and the momentum of this band and Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Because they focus on him a lot. And so they do that really well. But, you know, so they have to play up like relationships and dynamics and conversations that probably didn't happen. But right. that doesn't matter. Those details don't matter. Yeah. To be entertained, you have to suspend disbelief sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, they're trying to make a point. Like, it is a crazy story. This band that was in a time where, for one, they were called Queen. They're yeah. called Queen. Yeah. And f- three out of four guys are straight. In a time where like being homosexual is not widely accepted, no, at, at all. all, and they they really show Freddie Mercury's he had to grapple with that a lot, and he was not out for most of the time. In fact, he basically wasn't out ever. He was out to close people, but only until later in life. I mean, he had a fiance, a, a woman for that's, years. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was he had a long time relationship with this woman who they and then they ended they stayed friends throughout the throughout wow. the time. Anyway, fascinating story. He comes from a Pakistani family that he was raised in England, like really strict morals, you know, and for for them to accomplish what they did in the time that they did it is crazy. And the style of music they did, like the whole story, like there's no reason that they should have been as big as they were, right. except that they were just simply amazing, mm-hmm. right? And that Freddie Mercury was such a presence. Yeah, Arguably they, were such a, the best. they were a large band, man. It Huge. Was just... I remember hearing those those songs early on when I was younger and just 
massive. They're so uh, yeah. anthems, a lot of them. Yeah, and like he he's arguably one of the best uh, frontmen of all time. Yeah. the show. Such I also good write song. Yeah. Oh, lead singer just quit, but then you'll need someone new. I love the way you move on stage. The whole room belongs to you. Don't you see what you could be? No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. The casting is so accurate. Too. They look exactly like Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Mark these words. No one will play a queen. Fortune favors the bold. That was Mike Myers. Freddie, concerning your private life. Really? What more do you need to know? I make music. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. What's the lyric? Ready, Freddy? Let's do it. You need to slow down, Fred. I just need a bit of time. But if I don't have time. That show right there, the Live Aid concert. Yeah, they do that because I've probably watched that performance a hundred times. Yeah, it's iconic, it's amazing, yeah. right? It is iconic. It's one of the best of all time, and they do it to a T in the movie. I mean, that is a documentary. They do yeah. it per- like the Pepsi can is where it should be. Wow, the way that That's... he like it's it's perfect. Wasn't there a rumor that Fucking uh, nailed it, man? Wasn't Sasha Baron Cohen supposed yeah. to play? Yeah, man. And he pulled out because he thought that the the script wasn't like as hard edged as it could have been. Kind of yeah. like my critiques of the movie. Yeah, and also like yeah, it was that, and he knew too much about Freddie Mercury. Like, there's stories that he was a fucking animal. Right. Like, yeah. He I, was in his. I believe it. Yeah, his party days, he was fucking nuts. Like uh, midgets with platters of cocaine walking around. Well, yeah, think about the opportunities that he had. Like, he was able to do things that... Whatever you wanted. Yeah, people might want to do, but not have enough people to... I'm sure that there was just a a train of people that were like, yeah, well, whatever you want. Suck your dick, give you coke, whatever the fuck you want, man. Yeah, and like, that was, again, there was no internet. You know, like, rock stars were fucking mysterious legends back then. You only saw them either live... Or on a like a fucking magazine cover, yeah. Or the liner notes of an album. That's the only time you saw these guys. Yeah, celebrity was just it was much bigger. Yeah, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted, man. 
That's why Zeppelin were so fucking crazy. That's why Queen was so crazy. Yeah. No one told them no, ever. And there's no public shaming. There's none of the stuff that exists now. Yeah, there's to a large degree, there's no consequences. Zero. There's not. There's no TMZ to follow yeah. your ass around. Yeah, some of those guys are paying for it now. And then you oh, find yeah. out that Jimmy Page had been fucking a 14-year-old girl most of, his, of that time. Yikes. Gross. Yeah. A lot of those guys were doing that. Yeah. Super duper gross. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, <laughs> so you're a your mom's house podcast fan, right, Alan? Yeah, yeah. So I assume you've been keeping up with their Garth Brooks. Yes, yeah. Garth Brooks love. I just love that 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 whole thing is so funny because I would probably see it and be like, "Whoa, what a weirdo," and I'd move on. And the way that the, I know, and they just they're like, "No, this is a thing. We could easily make a bit out of this, dude." It's it's so funny. He really is like the cringiest. Even Chris D'Elia did it. Dorkiest. Yeah, he did the exact thing. So I'm going to play something. If anyone wants to have a good laugh, just type in Garth Brooks Facebook. And when he, when he, had, <laughs> a few years. He's just such a dad. He's such a dad. They, what do they call it? A dad boner? Yeah. A dad boner. He he joins Facebook way late in the game, and he makes this video announcing to his audience that he's on Facebook now, and it's the most like disingenuine, bizarre way to announce that you're on Facebook. It's super like rehearsed and not you know in the moment. Okay, let's see. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start, but then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, "Think of it more as a conversation." I like that. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. Ah. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I I guess in my case, the hotel room. Ah. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat Neat stuff. stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Why is this sensual? Because it's just who I am. Ah. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the, the conversation, conversation begin. begin. Yeah, I feel like this video is going to get posted to his personal Tinder after this. <laughs> no. It's got such a dating vibe to it. I also like the, the camera angle is from his chest up. I like to imagine yeah. that he's just, it's just naked. Shirt and then no, no pants, pants. Just going full toddler. Balls out. Yep. That's exactly. Sick. Super gross. So I wanted to play that for everyone. Such an awkward dude. Um, I'm all over the place. But have, have you watched the Defiant ones, Alan? I haven't. No, that that and four hundred other things have been on my list for Dude, quite a while. So fucking rad. Yeah, that's all I, I hear. Mean, you're a music industry fella. Yeah. So I mean, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre for sure, but Jimmy Iovine is my hero. Yeah, he's, I, he's everything I, need I to want watch to be it. when I grow up. He's the guy. For those who don't know, he was a producer in the '70s. Produced everybody like Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac, Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, John Lennon, like all that era. Then he goes on, he kind of gets tired of producing and wants to start a label. So he starts Interscope Records, like legendary, everything that me and you grew up listening to yeah, is on everyone's that label. Heard Everyone. Interscope. And he's one of the first guys, he's just so smart. Like he, the vision is so broad and, and big. So then he signs Dr. Dre and gives him his own label. And right. he gives Dr. Dre, who is also a producer, the ability to go and develop people. So, of course, what is Dr. Dre? Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. fucking Eminem, Eminem and yeah. 50 Cent, like all those dudes. 
And then on the other side of the table, he signs Trent Reznor. Jeez. And then Trent Reznor goes and signs uh, Marilyn Manson, like that whole thing. And it was just in the 90s when like the music was at it, the, the music industry was just peaking at like volatile, like Tupac and, you know, the East Coast, West Coast rap thing was happening under Interscope and like Manson being super um, like in your face and people were like burning his records and banning him from coming to their town. Yeah, he was super controversial. It's very controversial time. And then so that, you know, they do that for a while. And then. So Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre were always like business partners and they always got along. And Jimmy Iovine and him go and start uh, Beats by Dre. So they start the headphone company. And that, everyone around him is like, why are they starting a fucking company about headphones? Like, we want Dr. Dre to be in the studio. What is he doing? But it's just, it was, again, bigger picture stuff. Right. So because if they had a technology company, then they bring in Apple. So then like Steve Jobs starts helping him with the hardware for the headphones and like coaching Jimmy Iovine. And so then then they start Apple Music or uh, um, Beats. What's that called? Like Beats, the the streaming service that's owned oh, through right. Apple. Yeah, yeah. And that's that ended up selling for three point two billion dollars. So Dr. Dre, who grows up in Compton, Jimmy Iovine, who grows up in Red Hook, Brooklyn, is a poor Italian boy. Both of these poverty-stricken dudes grow up to be billionaires, and all through music. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so it's so, so rare that you have that sort of a an upbringing, and you're not just hungry as shit. Yeah, you try to figure it out, and yeah. people want you know Dr. Dre. To your point, they want him in the studio, but that's just not where his inspiration was at the time. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do his thing, and then lo and behold, it's successful because it's yeah. got there's drive behind it. Yeah, and now you know they they own everything. They own the industry. Yeah, like they, it's it's hard not to hear their name, you know. Yeah, every other day. It's on HBO. I think it's a four part miniseries. Punch in a little bit later. Check, check, check. We're talking about Jimmy and Dr. Dre. Jimmy Iovine is the levitator. Dre is the innovator. I need something a little bit more impressive. Bruce taught me a work ethic. I had to work harder than the next guy just to do as well as the next guy. And to do better than the next guy, I had to kill. I knew that I had to be a success at something. It's a friend so of mine good, put together two turntables. I started yeah, it looks doing super well produced too. I wanted to be able to get in there and rock. I think rattling home was Jimmy's last Oh, time. you too. I think we broke. I didn't want to see a studio. No doubt. I was done. So I said, maybe I can start a record company. I gotta find great producers, and I produced them. This was that do or die album. Put my body into this record. I'm playing it for everybody. For some reason, everybody's turning me down. Nobody wanted to deal with this gangster rap thing. They were afraid to deal with the people. The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Interscope Cross, the line of decency. All I remember is that Dre came in to play us the chronic. I said, who recorded this for you? He said, me. I said, wow, this guy will define Interscope. Jimmy was like, I want to get you guys on the cover of the Rolling Stones magazine. Like you guys are like making Keith. I'm like, what the fuck is making Keith? Nigga, <laughs> fuck the Rolling Stones magazine. Nigga, I want to be on the Source magazine cover. That is hip-hop supremacy. <clears throat> that motherfucker blew up. I mean, I ain't never had that many white people coming to me in my whole life. Okay, so fast forward to... Holy shit, this is Jimmy Ivey. Holy shit, Dr. Dre just walked in. He props that tape. Then. I'm blown the fuck away. 
I'm pissing myself now thinking about it. Jimmy Iovine, he was walking up the beach, and I told him about my lawyer approaching me about a sneaker company that wants him to endorse something. Out of the blue, he's like, Dre, man, fuck sneakers. No, you don't sell sneakers, you sell all kinds of different speakers. Yeah, you know what? We could call it Beats. Everything that I've done in my career, I've always been underestimated. Fear's a powerful thing. It's got a lot of firepower. It was the beginning of making fear a tailwind instead of a headwind. That's so good. <clears throat> yeah, Jimmy Ivey, man, he's, he's my guy. That's cool, yeah, I will watch that for sure. I just love his whole approach to the industry and just like, anything professional he, he's obsessed with just serving you know being of service to your client and the people you work with yeah adding as much value as you possibly can yeah he's a great mind yeah man he's he's a fucking animal he's like in his 60s now i mean he's been around forever damn oh it's fine. i said i was gonna do a, a second movie pick oh right that's right so the other one i want to do is a movie that i just saw recently called overlord oh yeah real really fun movie was it good yeah, I loved it. That was super funny. I'm not really into that genre, but it, it's kind of, I'm kind of into it. Like, just from yeah. the trailer that I've seen, it looks cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love this. Like, I'm a big horror movie, like, you know, over the top. It's funny, but it's kind of horror. Oh, it's, like, cool. creepy. It's really fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be based in World War II. They, they come across this three months ago I was cutting grass in my this like yard. basement thing where there's a bunch of people being experimented on and the Nazis are creating like the super human it's fucking so cool but they're basically zombies no idea yeah. where I'm gonna end up To hear you say baby. that. No, I don't, I don't like that shit at all. I, I've never understood how people get excited about being scared. It's an uncomfortable wow. feeling. Really? Yeah, I don't need shit popping out at me. And Well, so for me, I, my wife got me into it because I think I used to agree with you. Do girls love I horror see it movies? Now. It's weird. She's not a typical girl. Oh, not okay. like that. Yeah. She likes them. She's like, she's immune to them. I mean, her idea of a Saturday morning. So here's our Saturday morning. I usually sleep in later than she does. She gets up early and she'll watch a horror movie by herself before I get up. And I'll come out in the living room. She's like snuggled up with, you know, the fucking blanket and a cup of coffee. And you think she'd be watching like Sleepless in Seattle or something. And she's watching the most horrific shit on television. And she's just completely like super happy. Wow. Because it's like, I think horror movies just make you, um, they're so over the top yeah. that it becomes funny. So right. we're, we're always laughing at them. They're, they're just so like, I don't know. I well, it's weird because like, I don't, I love them. I don't like your typical horror movie, but then I, I'm obsessed with, you know, 
sword and scale. And I think for me, I need it to be real to to give a shit. The thing I always talk about is right. uh, one of my favorite movies for, you know, 60% of it was uh, Jeepers Creepers. I was like, I love the idea of these yeah. these teenagers driving by this dude in a trench coat and he's throwing bodies down this like sewer drain thing. That is so sick because that could really happen. That's badass. Cut to he's got wings and he's a dragon and I'm 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 over see, it's it. It's fun. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. Just, at that point, I'm oh, just, I, see what I don't you're care. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not real. Because it's and not I real. So I, I have this weird like kind of inability to stay into something if gotcha. I don't see it happen. It's got to you got to feel like this could actually happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's creepier to me and I'm a little more intrigued. Yeah. But as soon as he's you know got wings and a tail and yeah, he's flying like, okay. above their car, yeah, yeah, I just I don't care. I think for me, like I'm such a nerd, the horror movies are more of like it's just a cultural thing. Like I, I like the makeup, you know, like zombie shit. Like I love right. Shaun of the Dead. It's one of the funniest movies ever made. Um, I like the like pulpy, campy, yeah, goofy side to horror movies. I love the aesthetics of I all like. those. I mean, that's kind of where it came from. The sky came from was like that B movie, that B horror <laughs> film kind of yep, exactly that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's honestly what my wife and I love the most about horror movies. It's not, we don't, the scary factor has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And in fact, the more serious the horror movie is, the less I usually like it. Have you seen that? Uh, it's Bill Burr's in it. It's called uh, Zombiever. No. It's like a beaver it's zombie like a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. see that right on my alley. I want to watch that so bad. Yeah, that, that sounds It great. looks horrendous. Yeah, see, looks like terrible. that I could watch because it has like a legit uh, like com- comedic bend to it. Right. That I would love. Um, but, gotcha. you know, I watched like, uh, I watched Babadook. Have you seen see, that? I haven't. It looks boring as fuck. It, it's pretty fucking horrifying in certain areas, but, uh, you know, it was it was all right. I liked uh, Cabin in the Woods. Was Cabin in the Woods is great. It's, it's so funny and, like, yeah. over the top. See, I love that. That's yeah, when like it's, right when it's more slasher than, like, jump scare, yes. I, can, I can support that a little more. I don't like jump scare. I don't like, I mean, the, like, serious drama ones, like uh, The Shining and stuff, that's, yeah. that's a fine line for me. I love yeah. The Shining. But there's a lot of movies that just bore me that try to be like that. Yeah. Well, isn't The Shining long as shit, too? Really long. Yeah. But And that's not a scary movie. What's scary is, it's kind of to your point, it's that it's like the reality of a, a guy losing his mind. Yeah. So it's all about someone losing their mind mm-hmm. and the slow process of going crazy and being like cooped up in this hotel yeah. during the winter. Absolutely. Um, another really good one is Hereditary. I highly recommend that one. I've heard a lot that's about that one. That's definitely serious, but just yeah. so well done and beautifully done. I still a, a movie that I want to watch. I just can't. I can't get myself to do it. Is uh, Strangers. I mean, I think that came out in two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, that fun. Yeah, nice, fun. Yeah, there's I, even a Strangers two now. To this day, I've made it. I think six minutes in, I attempted to watch Strangers, and I remember specifically she's got the woman in in the in the house. She grabs a butcher knife and she's about to open the the curtains a little bit with it, and I just paused it, and I was like, No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm done. And I just stopped because I was just, just anticipating go- something. Oh, because you genuinely don't want to be scared. No, no, I'm not trying to. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I'm. This, that's so funny to me. To, to give you an idea, my my favorite genre is comedy. Like, right. I'll just I'll watch Super Troopers over and over and over until the gotcha. DVD breaks. Gotcha. Uh, I just I love that so much, dude. So, I'm gonna tell you a little secret, and luckily no one's listening right now. Mm-hmm. But my wife and I we watched You've Got oh wow see i could watch that easily dude it is so crazy yeah it is so so crazy yeah it's for one it's so outdated yes you've got mail 
Yep. It was outdated the day after it was released. Yeah. The fact that the, the premise of the movie was based on that is amazing. I love watching movies that depicted what they thought technology was at the oh, time yeah. or where it was going. I love watching Hackers with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> amazing. And that one's Ama- so great. The internet or yeah. the net. Yeah, the way That's that they one. hack is like you you fly through you this fly city through, made of yeah. circuits. It's, it's crazy. Just, it's the stupidest they shit just, of all time. Oh, and the, and the other thing about You've Got Mail that makes it so over the top is that it truly is a movie for people who can't stand being sad. Right. They like they require happiness in their yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. They have to have it. Because it doesn't allow you to be upset for one second. I kind of want to watch it. It's now. Meg Ryan, like super bippy boppy with her fucking haircut. Yeah. And it, the sun is always shining. Everyone's always happy, even in moments where like they're talking about serious stuff, like her mom had passed away. But it's done in a light, happy way, you see. Yeah, yeah. And everything works out. Everyone ends up together. It's so, it's. Crazy. That's how shit was back then. Like even the TV show Friends. Oh, exactly. Friends was like that. It demands you to be happy. Everything's fucking rad. You all simply the time. can't. Yeah, all the time. Somehow she affords to live in this apartment. I don't care how many times people explain to me that it's Monica's parents who's handed to her, and that's why she can afford it. Yeah. Still, she lives in Manhattan. It's still like they go through. One of them will go through a breakup, and then all of the other friends they get together support and they them. support no i've no. gone through breakups no one gives a shit they still have no jobs to go to like yeah shut up yeah they're tired they're of work. you talking about your ex and they're like, just like dude not, get over it yeah get over it all right guy but instead they all bake cookies together and six separate adults like all watch a, bunch a movie of losers and, too yeah can you imagine every day going to someone's house your buddy's house with like what is it six best friends yeah i think three so. and three right three yep. girls three boys if I had a friend that was like, oh, me and five other friends are going to go over and, and hang out, I'd be like, you're for sure all fucking. This is yeah, like, like a, why? It's a gangbang. Just call it a gangbang. I'm to the point now, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but like, I need a reason to hang out. Yeah. Uh, oh, what, what are we? Are we doing something business? Are, right, are we doing a right. podcast? Or like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, we're just hanging out? Yeah. Huh? When you're younger, somebody can come over and just jump on your couch. You don't even really answer the door. It's just unlocked. They yeah. come over and you watch TV, and that's what you were going to do anyway. That's what you're going to do. Now that is so weird. That's so me. weird for a grown man to go over to another grown. Like, what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We can meet up and like grab a drink or go to a show or whatever. But yeah. There's a there's a thing. Don't you have some shit to do? Like, yeah, go don't... do something. Yeah. I know. It's it's the amount of time that we used to just waste when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, it's because we had the time to waste. Just sitting around. Yeah, now we don't. For like a couple of days at a time yeah. sometimes. We'd yeah, spend the night at each other's houses. My parents, my dad, he pro- he thought I was gay. I'm sure he had to. Have th- he, I remember him asking me like, or like making a remark. He was like, what do you mean you went and stayed at Dylan's house with eight of your best friends? What are you talking about? Who does that? I never did that. <laughs> That's you all crazy. slept in the same room? Yeah. That's weird, James. That's how you do it, man. It's like, yeah, well, that's just what we do. It was a blast. And then typically a fight would break out between at least two of, course. of those dudes. And... A lot of fist fights. Yep. Well, I think we covered the world. I think, I think we so did too. it. We got a lot accomplished. Um, welcome to the podcast now, Alan. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. It's fun. Yeah. I, I feel good about One it. One in the it's, bag. It's free therapy, man. I just get to oh, it's the best. talk a shitload. Now I don't want to talk, which is awesome. It feels it, really relaxing. Yes. This is the best. Yeah. I, I love doing the podcast. Yeah. I have for a while. And I think this is going to be a really good, you know, next step. Yeah. Well, it's going to get cooler every time. You know, we'll we'll get the, the studio looking dope and yeah. we'll get some cool people in here. And 
Yeah, so, I mean, we're not sure. Like, it's just going to be kind of all over the place. We'll have probably guests more often than we, than we don't, right? Yeah, I would, I would imagine. imagine, yeah. And then when we don't, it'll be like tonight. Maybe we'll have a friend over that won't really be a guest, but they'll just kind of be in the room with us. And, uh, yeah, feel free to hit us up with any ideas you have for the show or, you know, if you run a small business or you're in a band and you want to have us give a shout-out, we're always looking for that as well. Feel free to hit me up and Alan. Where can they find you, Alan? Um, I would say uh, my Instagram is just uh, uh, at it came from the sky. Um, no. Other than that, alanashcraft.com. Pretty easy to remember. That's my website. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm not giving you my phone number. So Don't do it. They'll never leave you. You got to earn that one. Yep. But yeah, I'm, I'm very reachable. Sweet. Yeah. Please reach out to us. You can find me at James Ian Macmillan. And stateside is at stateside MGMT. Um, you know the drill. If you are in a band, you're looking for a producer, mix engineer, or someone to collaborate, hit us up. We have people that can do just that. Um, please go visit Travis Ball. He has a new Spotify playlist for his works. It's a good way to kind of see some of the stuff he's worked on. Uh, Ryan Luce has a release pretty recently with a band called Pacific Meantime. They're a Portland-based band. Super fucking rad band. You'd, you'd probably dig them out. I'll check them yeah, out. Yeah, they're really fucking cool. Pacific Meantime? Pacific Meantime. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. But I actually have their CD and perfect they, they made they made a run of cassette tapes oh that's killer isn't that rad yeah i love yeah. that and i love the sound of a good analog tape mm-hmm. it's good um other than that we'll be here next week we're going to try to do this every wednesday or somewhere around that yeah, time yeah. of the week at least once a week yeah at least once a week and uh please share like subscribe download the show tell your friends about it we're really trying to do this thing to the fullest fullest extent right yeah 100%. video fucking sponsor share it we we're we're, we're down we're yeah gonna do gonna, the whole it'll thing. get cooler every week absolutely all right well thank you so much for checking out the show guys alan say your thing later there it is <laughs> <laughs> that's his that's his signature sign off <laughs> all right thank you guys for checking out the show we'll see you next week bye
Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.